need a bigger boat. Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? Life, uh, finds a way. Welcome back to Spielberg Chronologically. This is the podcast where Eric... Hey, how's it going? Mixed it up a little bit. And me, my name's Jeff. We go through every single one of Steven Spielberg's movies in chronological order, including the ones we don't want to watch. How you doing today? Yeah, you know, I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, so, like, in the real world, it's been, what, a month? Six weeks since we recorded an episode? It's been a while, so I'm feeling a little rusty. A little loose around the edges, you know, maybe a little less prepared than normal. But uh, so this this week uh, we watched Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, um, which was one that I, I think I can speak for both of us and say that we were dreading. We were not looking forward to this film and uh, sat down and watched it with the wife the other night, uh, tried to show it to the kids. They were way too occupied by their new Christmas tablets and refused to pay attention. Good for them. And, mm-hmm. and, Smart. Uh, <laughs> but we got through it. Okay. You know, we, <laughs> we, we got through you it. You made it sound like a hurricane. <laughs> uh, yeah. We got through. Okay. Some minor house damage, dents and dings, but couple, we're alive. A couple branches down. Right. Uh, I don't know. So let's, let's start with the history. What's, what's your history with this film? I'm curious to see like what your initial take was when you first saw it and all that. So let's let's recap my Indiana Jones overall. So I originally saw and loved Last Crusade, still my favorite of the series. And then I thought the previous two films were just bad versions of Last Crusade. And having watched them again for the podcast, I still feel that way about Raiders. I've got a little bit more respect for Temple of Doom. So I, but I learned through the podcast that I'm not really an Indiana Jones fan, just generally speaking, unless it's Last Crusade, eh, you know, but I did see this in the theater and I remember not being as upset as everyone else. (laughs) Like I was like, yeah, okay, that was fine. You know, and went along my day, you know, I wasn't until after seeing it where people were like they blew up they nuked the fridge aliens and everybody was upset i'm like oh, i i guess that just didn't bother me that much but uh, that's my history with this how about you yeah I, I i didn't see it in the theater like i was thinking about it and uh i i don't know what was going on in my life that i didn't make it out to the theater to see this because i am an indiana jones fan uh, you remember Raiders was like a real formidable film for me. Uh, Temple of Ju- mm-hmm. Doom I kind of passed on, but I love Last Crusade. Um, and I would think that I would have made a point of getting to the theaters to see this, but I did not. And I, I thought about it, and I actually uh, watched this film through illegitimate means back in the mid-2000s when that was uh, <gasps> when that was a thing that people did pretty frequently. Um, and And... By that time, by the time I saw it, I remember the zeitgeist was already pretty, like, grim about it, and I think that kind of impacted my experience with it, you know? Um, Then, uh, like, I bought the Indiana Jones 4-pack Blu-ray, like, special set and just never broke this one out. Like, I've never watched. (laughs) I've never watched You finally did? And, uh... 
And so for for this podcast, um, I watched it again for the first time through legitimate means, a nice, crisp, clear copy. And um, I got to say, I, I feel like I'm not going to try to say that this film doesn't have problems because it has some pretty serious problems. Um, but I will say the minute, the moment to moment watching of this movie was way less painful than I remembered it being. Like I, I actually, I would say the first two thirds of the film, I was kind of grooving on it. I was like, you know what? This is actually a pretty good Indiana Jones movie. And it's very similar in tone and structure to the other ones. And I'm not hating it. You know, uh, it wasn't until, um, they got to the big car chase in the jungle that I feel like it really starts to fall apart in a big way. Um, and even that I was like, you know, I still, I don't know if I hate it. Like, I don't know if I'm on board with the hate for this movie. Like I don't love it. I'm not going to pull it out when it's time to watch an Indiana Jones movie, but I'm not mad that I watched it again. You know, like it's, it's okay. It's okay. It's not like always levels of hate or, you know, 1941. It's not it's not in the the top echelons of Spielberg films that I dislike. So. Yeah. Um it is for me. Uh I hated this. Um <laughs> Like okay, totally I'm already not an Indiana Jones fan, so the nostalgia like I well, I have some nostalgia for the music, but I find that it's the music that's specific to Last Crusade, and there is a lot of John Williams score in this, and all of that is like oh John Williams, like when all throughout the adventuring and all that stuff, you're getting his score. But this is a goofy ass movie, man. It just like feels so silly, um, like. Everything feels like, um, what's the word? Uh, fan service, right? It, it's like Indiana Jones is back. Remember this? Remember that? Remember this? You know, and it doesn't, like the other sequels are just that. They're just sequels. They're not like people like this in the first one. We're doing it again. Like none of those first three films are like the other, right? Other than you've got, he's an adventurer. He goes into cool, like, archaeological, like, traps and stuff. And th those are the things that kind of cross over between the original three films, right? I don't know. I feel, Everything like, else I feel like Last Crusade and Raiders of the Lost Ark structurally are very similar. You know, you got your opening adventure, and then you got the bit at the university, and then he's, like, set up, you know, like... Well, and I think this has a structure that is very reminiscent of Last Crusade. In that they they even to the point where what they're looking for is on the floor and he has to get up high and he's like sweep it off and oh like in the library at last right, crusade yeah, I didn't pick and up on that but yeah there's a, and and there's a, a there's times where I'm wanting this movie to work and he's like sitting there with Shia LaBeouf and he's he's like why and, and he says something I can't ox. Of course, Ox write this in a dead language, and he gets excited about the uncovering of the adventure. But there's something missing there for me that 
I can't put a finger on, which I hate not being able to do. I don't like listening to reviews that just don't uh, speak in generalities. But I'm going to have to right now because there's just something missing from this. You know, it's Sean Connery. Sean Connery is missing from this movie like he is from the other three. But I think it's that camaraderie. That person that comes along with Indy is so important. Okay, okay. Yes, yes. Okay, so like I was just thinking, I was just like, as you were talking, I was having this thought. In the first movie, it's Indy and Marion, right? In the second yeah. movie, and she's awesome. And she's awesome. She's awesome. Right. You, you throw in short round and Willie, so now there's three. Right. In the third and as movie, much as you hate Willie, she adds to the the, trilogy, the dynamic. Like the three yeah, of them. Like she, she there's has, a dynamic between the three of them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then in the fourth movie, you got uh, Dad, Marcus Brody, and Sala. Right. So mm-hmm. now we have four people. It's already getting a little crowded. And I remember back in the day when I saw Last Crusade for the first time, I was like, man, there's a lot of people. Like, And in this movie, he's just got a gang. Like, he has so many people going along with him. So it's it's him, it's Double Cross and Spy Guy, it's Triple Ox, Crossing. Yeah, Triple Crossing, and then Marion and Shia LaBeouf, and like... It, it's just, it's too much, right? Like, there's there's too many characters, too much exposition, too much of them explaining to each other what's going on. Um, yeah, like, I, I, I definitely see what, you're, what you were getting at. I'm sorry I interrupted you, but, like, I do feel like a lot of the, a lot of the problem solving and, like, puzzle solving and adventure in the tombs and so on is really watered down in this case because Indy's not necessarily solving the problems, right? He's got this yeah. gaggle of people along with him. Um, and, and in some ways, like I, I was, when they were doing the the chase with the two parallel roads in the middle of the jungle, because that's what people do. They build two roads right next to each other in the jungle. Uh, <laughs> but during that chase, like I was kind of impressed with like the way the film was keeping track of all the characters and they were flopping back and forth between the two different cars and this one's fallen off now and oh wait now they're back and so on but and then on the other side I was like there are too many people to keep track of in this scene you know like there's probably like seven or eight major characters including the bad guys in this scene who are all like doing actiony things and it's almost like a three ring circus. Like you don't know where to look, right? There's so much stuff happening at the same time. You're kind of just like, this is, this is getting to the point where it's a little wackadoodle. Yeah. It's severely why I, and I think I feel kind of like you felt watching, uh, back to the future too. You're like, Oh, you're not going to take my time seriously. Okay. Screw you then. Like, um, I, who is this for? Like, and nobody walked away, please. I'm not, I'm not, okay, I find myself to be the type of person where what everyone else hates something. The Last Jedi. Everyone else hates The Last Jedi. Ah, oh, it ruined Star Wars. And I'm like, oh, I had fun with it. It was fun. I enjoyed it. You know, I, I like, I don't have an attachment to those IPs, and I think that a lot of times it allows me to be like, let go of worrying about if they've ruined the franchise. And this movie's just not good, and not only not good, there are parts that are extremely bad. The special effects in this movie 
are so horrible throughout the whole film. I that jungle agree. scene is balls. It is so it, it it's, and me, and it's, it's grander awful. and it's it's, it's so spectacular. He's swinging from the thing and there's fighting and there's shooting and oh look how much action is happening. But go back to Raiders, not Raiders. Last Crusade, Crusade. And just watch the tank fight. And yeah, it isn't as crazy and over the top, but it's realistic and it's thrilling and you can follow what the hell is happening. There's so many points in so many movies we've watched previously where you're like, like in Last Crusade, uh, no, Saving Private Ryan, where you're like, you know where things are. You know what's happening. You know what's going on. I can't tell what the hell's happening at all in this entire Jeep scene. It's just bonkers. So the Jeep scene, I, I was especially horrified because, like like I said, the Jeep scene is really where it all starts to fall apart for me. And a big piece of that was the fact that the special effects were so freaking poor, right? And so I, I was, like, thinking to myself, like, why didn't they do this practically? Why is there so much green screen? Why is there so much digital effects? Like, why, you know, like, I understand he's older now, but why couldn't... And then I went and looked into it, and it's insane. They did film it practically, right? They actually did all these stunts. They actually had them, like, straddling the Jeeps and doing the the, the fencing and all of that. They did it all practically, and then they went back and added a bunch of CG like plants and shit to it, which makes the whole thing look like it's totally fake. Like they changed the sunset or whatever, the sky, they changed like, and so they actually somewhere have a piece of film with this unaltered Jeep scene that they actually did on two roads out in the jungle somewhere and they freaking ruined it. They just ruined it by adding all this <laughs> shit to it. You know, like so, all those plants yeah. coming up the middle, like whacking Shia LaBeouf in the balls and all that. Like that's all CG, right? So they just piled on all these pieces of crap to the thing and and just destroyed the scene. Just absolutely destroyed the scene. Like it's cringy. The special effects are so bad. And coming from... George Lucas and Steven Spielberg, like masters of special effects and ILM and so on. Like watching this, like, what the fuck? This is after War of the Worlds. This is after Minority yeah. Report. Like they've done spectacular things with special effects, AI even. And this is what we're getting. Like, like this crazy ass sci-fi Sunday afternoon movie special effects bullshit is what we're getting in an Indiana Jones film. Like, shockingly bad shockingly yes. bad um yeah the the monkeys and the gophers and the ants included in the, the shockingly gopher. bad stupid uh, i don't get it i don't okay i do get it all right so here's my theory much like we believe that steven spielberg sort of ghost directed um poltergeist poltergeist thank you I think George Lucas had way more to do with this movie than Spielberg did. Like, I feel like Lucas made the choices. I feel like Lucas is like, put some more fucking CG in that shit. <laughs> I, like, the the dialogue, like I said, this is goofy. This felt like a, a second, you know, the, the prequel trilogy to me in its dialogue and presentation and like how... Uh, he remade Star Wars and added all the CG garbage in 
to the uh, what is damn near perfect film he added more to it he i just feel like steven spielberg had his nutsack all over this movie and it george just lucas you mean reeks george lucas yeah who did i say steven, steven spielberg, yeah i apologize mr spielberg but i feel like george lucas really just shat all over this he added so much crap it and i feel like steven was like fine like i don't really care i'm making shit like Munich and Saving Private Ryan. I like, I make serious ass movies, so we'll just make this goofy shit for you. And then he just moved on with his day. I think I think that is really the dynamic that happened. From what I read, like Spielberg has said, like in, in response to this film in particular, this is George's character. I'm going to defer to George on what he wants to do. Like I'll argue things, but in the end, I'm going to defer to him. And that's, I think a hundred percent what, what happened here is that Lucas had all these wackadoodle ideas and Spielberg was just along for the ride. Like, all right, dude, let's go. You know? Yeah. This movie sucks. And I, and it, that just affirms to me, like that's what happened. Cause this feels like a, when I'm seeing that gopher, when he gets out of the fridge, and the gopher's there, and it looks like shit, and it's almost smiling at him, and it goes in the hole or whatever. I'm like, that reminds me so much of the bad Star Wars films. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I absolutely get that, and I hadn't made that connection between Lucas's gumming up of the original trilogy with CG nonsense and how much CG they layered over the top of this. And, and, and like I said, probably like ruined what was a fairly decent, you know fight scene yeah like because i mean there are moments in like temple of doom that are really ugly green screen moments but they're usually not the set piece right yeah you know um and the the set pieces in temple of doom are really awesome looking this just is ball salad and like the things that are practical are just like nothing like when you remember how beautiful the library is in last crusade absolutely yeah giant stained glass window and all the that place looked gorgeous and he's like oh x marks the spot when he sees the x and it's this beautiful tile work and you know when he breaks it, you're like oh no you know and this it's just rock it's just oh let's see brush it yeah it's just fucking rock you know i i like (laughs) nothing is done with any care in this movie it is so slapdash and haphazard i hated it well there are there are some pieces like okay so story-wise like let's not like story-wise i was generally on board i was able to follow it much more than i thought i had the first time watching it right like we get to the end the whole thing with the aliens and everything like i i I, I definitely, like, I was de- for sure paying more attention for the purposes of the podcast than I had in the past. I wasn't just passively watching it. I was actually trying to piece together what was going on. And I think I got it, right? Like, I, I understood what was happening uh, right, right up until the end. I still have some issues with it. I don't, like... For example, at the end, okay, so you've got these, like, 12 alien skeletons or whatever, and they are pieces of a whole, and it's a trans-dimensional being, and it couldn't go back to its home because it was missing a piece of itself. So they return the skull, so all the pieces reassemble, which then activates the spaceship, and it's going to go back to its home dimension, right? Fine, yeah. fine. 
So Kate Blanchett is there and she wants all the knowledge, right? She wants all the knowledge in the world. And she's like, give me all the knowledge, give me all the knowledge. And so it does, and it burns her eyes out and makes her all crazy because nobody needs all this knowledge, right? But Mm -hmm. why does the alien look at her with a look of malice while it's doing it, right? Like, the alien kind of comes around and gives her this look like, fuck you, bitch, eat it. (laughs) Like, why? Does the alien not like Soviets? Like, like why <laughs> what perspective does the ancient peruvian alien have on this woman who's suddenly there like begging for all the knowledge that it's going to be angry at her when it's burning her brain out with all the knowledge right like that that piece felt real weird and shitty to me um like i kind of understood like like indy's reaction like we got to get the fuck out of it. like this isn't for us let's go you know like it was very similar to don't look at the light marion right like this is too yeah. much this is beyond us let's just get out of here um so like i was okay with that more than i had been in the past but there were still pieces like i said with the alien face and so on the, the way it played out still felt a little scraggly to me you know like double triple crossing guy scrambling around for the gold at his own peril felt like it was right out of goonies right like it was those guys at the end of goonies who are there on the the ship gathering all the gold while the ship is sailing away like uh it it was just not uh, pieces of it just weren't working for me you know yeah the it was the third double cross that was too many like yeah. when they're in the truck and he's like, ah, I told you how CIA is basically screaming it in your face. You know, I reminded you of this thing we did together. We were both double agents and I was fine with that. Like I was like, oh, OK, you know, like because when he turns the first time they're in a place where he can. I don't know. But even that when I think back on it, didn't really work. But I think from a, the whole thing with the aliens does not bother me because we had a box that melts faces in the first movie. Right, right. Same. We had a guy that can rip hearts out and not kill anyone in the second movie. And the third one, we had a ghost in, you know, one of the Knights of the Holy Grail. Like, supernatural <laughs> shit happens. And aliens technically aren't supernatural. Of the things that happen in the trilogy, aliens is the one that maybe could happen in real life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So uh, that never bothered me. Like, uh, I didn't care. And frankly, the movie tells you it's aliens the whole way through. Right. Right. It's like they open the thing and this alien hand comes out and the skull is a damn alien skull. Right. I mean, it's aliens. And so when it turns out to be aliens at the end, I'm like, yeah, makes sense. Right. Um, (laughs) Like, it doesn't bother me. And from a, a story overarching perspective, none of that bothers me. It's the moment-to-moment execution. There's nothing scene-wise where I'm like, hell yeah, that felt like indie. Or, like, what's your... You, you go back and you look at all the lines from the other films, you know, and you can think of great Indiana Jones lines. There aren't any here. Like, what's your favorite line from this movie? Well, no, you're right. There aren't any because, I mean, for as much as people talk in this movie, it doesn't necessarily really want to tell you what's going on, right? Like that last bit, I feel like I pieced it together from the clues from the dialogue, you know, like it's not necessarily very clear what's happening. And then in a way, I'm okay with that because the ending of Raiders of the Lost Ark, it's not necessarily clear what's going on there either when those ladies start floating around, you know? Um, 
but you're right. The the moment to moment execution is weird and it's off. And and like starting at the very beginning, you know, like uh, I don't want to get into the thing with the fridge because we all know it's dumb, you know. And him, but again, it, it was so dumb. I was okay with it. Yeah, like yeah, like that again is not my problem. I liked I liked <laughs> like, the nuclear test site. Like I liked oh, the old timey. Yeah. It looked so cool. The nineteen fifties, you know, nuclear test site. It gave me like Fallout and it, and vibes, it, and I'm a big Fallout guy. And it and sets like, you oh, in yeah. your timeline where you are in American history, right? It 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 sets that up. So I, right, I, I, I like that too. But a piece that I hadn't really thought about before was the bit where. Like they're escaping from the warehouse and he's escaping from the warehouse because he starts this test rocket and he and the guy are on the front of this test rocket, which is on rails when it takes off. Right. And they kind of pass out, but I kind of feel like they would just be jello hanging from the top of this test rocket. And then when it decelerates, I feel like they would have been flung like miles into the air, (laughs) like landed in little pools of us and blood in the Why middle of the desert somewhere. This scene? Okay, so they're they're, uh, they're in the warehouse where the Lost Ark and the alien is, and they're fighting, they're fighting, they're uh-huh. fighting, and Indy like, is running away, and he's running away, and he gets down, and he's fighting this dude in this control chamber, and they hit this red button, and it starts, oh, yeah, it yeah, starts yeah. a countdown, oh, okay. and then they're yeah. on this rocket thing that, it's like a test yep. rocket that goes along this, and okay, so that then led me to think, why the fuck are they testing a nuclear bomb right next to the warehouse where they keep all the treasures? Like, <laughs> like, it's, like it's like the T-Rex and the cliff, right? Like you never thought about it before until Elliot pointed it out in our Jurassic Park episode. But like they are literally dropping a nuke like a train track away from like the the world's religious treasures that they have hidden in the alien and everything. It's right in this warehouse, right next door to, you know, the 1950 city that they've set up to drop a nuke on. And like, uh, as soon as that hit me, I was like, Oh, this shit does not make sense. And then I started thinking more about it. Oh, wait, those Russians deciding to race the kids in the jalopy. That doesn't make sense either. Like there's no way, like when you're watching it, you're thinking, Oh, these are American guys. Oh, look at them. They're feeling a little spirited. Even though they're in the military, they're going to race these kids in the, in the Jeep. But in reality, like they're Russians coming on a mission to do murders and take, there's no way they would have engaged with those kids like that. They would have like waved them on or just shot them. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So after the reveal that they're Soviet agents, that scene in retrospect makes zero sense. The hound dog scene. And uh, so that whole beginning of the movie, like, when you start thinking about it, it just doesn't make any sense. And again, it really makes me wonder, and I've always thought this about George Lucas, but it really makes me wonder why nobody working on this movie put their hand up and was like, oh, hey, guys, you know, like, like take this take this back and think about it a little more because you're about to drop $200 million on some shit that just doesn't make sense. Like, I'm sure they had a billion story guys working on this, you know, like so many people read the script and, and like even Harrison Ford could have been like, yeah, Oh, maybe not, you know, <laughs> like, and 
like these are story issues that could have been resolved in an afternoon. You know, you sit yeah. down, you think about it, you chat about it. You're like, ah, yeah, it doesn't really work with the rocket and the bomb going off right next to the warehouse. Let's think of something else to do. Um, like, I'm not saying that writing these movies is easy uh, by any means. Like, putting together the pieces of a story, especially if you have to have all these action beats, is probably extremely difficult. But goddamn, that's stupid. Dropping a nuke right next to the warehouse. Jesus, that's dumb. <laughs> like, and we're talking about two of the most legendary filmmakers of all time. I mean, if there were a Mount Rushmore of filmmakers, both of them would be on it, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. With Hitch and then someone else, I don't know. But like another moment that makes no sense. They're in Okay, so Shia LaBeouf and Indy, they travel, they're going to go find the resting place of the skull. They go to Peru. They go to this Peruvian cemetery, right? Mm-hmm. These dudes with skull masks who do kung fu come out of nowhere in the cemetery, right? They're lurking around the edges of the cemetery and they attack, right? And it leads to this fight scene and the kind of cool moment where Indy blows the dart back into the guy's throat. That okay. I'll pause for one second. That was an Indiana Jones moment. Yeah. Like that is something that I could take away and be like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Continue. <laughs> who the fuck are these people? What? Yeah, Why that's are the they there? Like, who are they? Are there people just hanging out in Peruvian cemeteries and skull masks waiting to like attack visitors? Like, can you yeah. not go see your dead grandma in Peru because the skull gang is there? Like, who are they? Like, it makes no <laughs> sense. <gang. laughs> like, in in Last Crusade, they've got the protectors of the Grail, right? And they get attacked, but then the guy explains we're the protectors of the grail. We're this gang of people who just hang out and protect the grail. Fine. Explanation. We get it. We know who these people are, you know. But in this movie, there's just these dudes hanging out in the cemetery. Same thing at the end when they get to the 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 city of the crystal skull or whatever the hell it is. Uh there are these people in the walls, like in these pods, in the walls and yeah. in the ceiling, and they come flopping out of the pods in the walls. And who are these people? Why are they exactly. just hanging out in the in the ceiling in the walls? Like they just hang out there always, like forever since the skull happened. Like like. Are they immortal? Who are they? Like, how do they know people were coming? And they're like, everybody get to your pods. You know, like, who are these people? And they make such a big deal out of them just to have the Soviets gun them down off screen like two seconds later. Right? Like, they just murder them all and the movie moves on. And I I was just astounded by the stupidity of that whole thing. Like, in Raiders... At the beginning, Balak has the Hovitos, right? And they're protecting the thing. They're Hovitos. Balak, you know, like... They explain it yeah, he, specifically, he, he, yeah. He said, Indy's coming to steal this thing, and I'm going to save it for you. You know, they they explain what's going on. In this movie, there are just native people living in the walls like they're in the Matrix, being fed by tubes or whatever, waiting for people to come. And... It's just absolute nonsense. Like, are they... And and they seem like lost tribe of the jungle, right? Like, they are not 
modern at all. And I know that in the real world, there are a couple of still like pockets of humanity that still haven't had contact with the outside world and they're still living. But like, is that what these people are? Are they like in suspended animation because they're there to protect the aliens? Are they ancient people who like, who, who are they? Why are they there? Yeah. And, it infuriated me. It just threw me off so much that these people just kept showing up just to have fight scenes with no explanation. Who they with were. no explanation. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and like in doom, there's the whole horde of cult members, right? You know, at least why they're there. Right. Um, yeah, I agree. Cause it did feel like, okay, who the hell? <laughs> yeah. You, I mean, you expressed it perfectly cause that's how I felt as well. I didn't get what they were doing there. Yeah. Um, so go ahead. We should talk about the return of um, uh, the actress's name. Who's I'm blanking on Karen Allen. Played Marion. Karen Allen. Yes. Wonderful actress. Uh, if you were Karen Allen, would you have taken this movie? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. A hundred percent because um, I haven't been seen on screen in how many years? Yeah, but maybe she's happy, you know. Like <laughs> uh, that could be, you know. But also, does it hurt? No, I guess it doesn't hurt. Like I'm wondering, I'm wondering if she's going to be in the new one because they get married at the end of this one, right? And we know that that Buff LaBeouf isn't going to be in it um, because he shot his wad off to the press after this movie and got banned for life by Spielberg. So that was the end of his uh, his run. Um, but I'm wondering if, if they're going to have Marion be in it or acknowledged or she something. She is not listed. Yeah, it doesn't as, mean she's not there, though, right? That's like, also true. Um, modern modern movies, like nobody knew Professor X was going to be in the Doctor Strange movie, but, you know, there he was. Spoilers. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my bad, everybody. Doctor Strange. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I am wondering. But I, I don't feel in this movie like we're getting the same Marion She's not the same character that we had in the original Raiders. I feel like in the original Raiders, she was so wily and so like, I I think I used the word agency like 37 times in our, in our episode about that movie. Like she had so much agency. She was out for her own. She didn't have the same goals as Indy. Like she, she was not interested in getting the arc. She just wanted to get the hell out of there and back to the U S. And so she was working on her own agenda. Um, and, and she was so such a handful and so much fun and just like really went toe to toe with him, you know? And in this film, you get a bit of that when she first shows up, there's a little bit of like kind of bickering back and forth with them. And you kind of learn about what happened with their relationship and so on. But really, I felt like she was there to be fan service. Like, like you said, she doesn't really do anything in this movie. You know, I, she I drives too, the jeep. Need, like that's kind of it. I think she's also there too because the, I think one of the main points, and I could be wrong, but I believe one of the main things is to try to set Shia LaBeouf up as the next indie. Yes, I think that's true. Like, I think that that's something they are intentionally doing in the film. And in order to have him be Junior the Third, they have to have her in there to be able to explain, this is your son, 
and set it up where like he meets him on his own and he doesn't know that this kid is his son and then they have to bring her in to explain it. <sighs> this is a film full of terrible decisions. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I think you probably could have cut Ox out of the movie. I think you could have cut a uh, triple crossing guy out of the movie and just had it be Indy, Shia LaBeouf, and Marion, and then made Marion a real character. Um, because partially because there are too many people being dragged around and I don't feel like Ox necessarily brings much to the story. I mean, you got John Hurt for God's sake. You got John damn Hurt, and, like and, a legend. Yeah. And you're just making him babble nonsense until the very, yeah. very end of the film. Um, I would have much preferred Marion was out pursuing the crystal skull. She got caught. Shia LaBeouf came to get Indy. They go and rescue Marion. They go as a trio. You know, like, cut those other chumps the hell out yeah, of the movie. Yeah, I agree. You know, like, it's just too much too much nonsense. And it gives you a little more time to develop, like, those relationships, um, you know, because it's exactly. less of yeah. him talking with Ox and then Shia LaBeouf actually doing some pretty good acting when... He's talking about Ox being missing and how he feels about the character. I like, I think, yeah, you just have to trim all that fat because they have so many relationships to establish and they don't have enough time to establish any of them. Yeah, yeah. Now, about Shia LaBeouf, like, I know that he is a <laughs> problematic figure. Like, he's a weird dude so and he does weird let, stuff. Okay. And, and- so I need to. S- tried it because i don't remember what happened why he got out of this i know he had a bunch of plagiarism issues and he sort of says stupid shit he says stupid shit but, he does weird things i remember about five years ago when he did that thing where he went and he sat at, in a museum for three weeks and let people come and look at him uh that was a weird thing none of that bothers me right like that's not Harvey Weinstein levels of stupidity. No, like, no, he's not. It's it's not an asshole. It's not. Or, or but he least. has had uh, some some accusations of abuse and mistreatment of women okay. and misbehavior on sets and you know like all all sorts of strange stuff like that. And he seems like he's there might be some substance issues there. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Uh, he always seems like he's kind of on the verge of making a comeback. And I will say, like, I enjoy him on screen. All that shit aside. I like his movies. I saw this movie, uh, and it was him and this developmentally disabled kid, and they're going down the river like Mark Twain. I can't remember the name of the movie, but I loved it. Like, I I really, you know, have appreciated his work on screen in the past. That said, I don't know if he's right for this part, man. Like, no, I just, I don't know if he's the guy for this. Um, some of the stuff feels very forced. The scene that, that you were talking about where he was there, they're in the, uh, the diner and he's explaining to Indy about ox. That's all fine. But the bit where he gets offended about, you're talking about my mother and he stands up. It's kind of real eye rolly, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I just, I don't think that's his fault. That's the script just being shit and him having to try to sell it. Yeah, that could be, that could be. Um, and, of course, then you get into the stuff with the monkeys, and that's not his fault either. Um, but I just, he feels just a little 
off in this movie. Yeah. You know, and I, 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 he it wouldn't work. Like, let's say he doesn't burn his bridges down. I don't think Indiana Jones the third works with Shia LaBeouf as the actor. No, I don't either. No. Yeah. I, I don't either. I mean, if you do, I, I personally think you maybe want to shoot for like a, uh, what's his name? Thor or something. You know, um, I can't think of anybody's name. A Hemsworth. Yeah. A Hemsworth of some sort, you know. A Chris um, Pike would have been okay. Uh, yeah. Chris Pine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Chris Pine. Um, but so there was a podcast I listened to a while ago. It's like called Movie Debates or Battles or something. And one of the guys came up with like the best idea is like you bring short round back and you just set him up to be the adventure. And I think I talked about this before on uh, the doom episode, like set him up to be the guy going forward. And I'm like, yeah. Oh yeah. That's fine. Yeah. You know, uh, that works yeah. because he's established and the character has history. 100%. But, It'll be interesting to see what what does happen in this new movie. So much of it is a mystery. I saw I saw the trailer on the big screen. I went and saw Avatar the other day and they showed the indie trailer uh, and I saw it on the IMAX and it was like, "Oh, you know, this actually looks like it could be pretty cool." Yeah, you know, like it, it could it, But there's no Spielberg. There is, but the guy that the god is James Mangold and he is the director of Logan which I think is one of the most oh, wonderful superhero movies ever made. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so if they were to hand it off to anybody, you know, if, if like that just to me gives me notes of like sunsetting the aged hero and going out in a blaze of glory, like all this stuff immediately starts firing off in the neurons in my head when I started thinking about Logan and their hand in Indiana Jones to that guy. Yeah. Okay. You know, like if if you're gonna hand it off from Spielberg, that's a guy that I would definitely trust to take it on. You know, and maybe do a better job. Like, not to hate on Spielberg, but this one isn't so great. You know, like yeah. And I don't. Again, I don't think I do think it's Spielberg's fault. He could have fought more. Um, but I I do blame George Lucas. And I am looking at the the next movie, and George Lucas is not on there as a scriptwriter. Yeah. That's good um, because he sucks at dialogue. Very um, much so. Yeah. Yeah. And Sala's back, which, you know, I don't know how they're going to work that out with the white guy playing a. Uh, playing Sala. I think I think we just have to. We just have to <laughs> accept it. Accept it at this point. Yeah. Just let it fly. He gets, he gets like grandfather claws in there. <laughs> yeah. Is that how that works? <laughs> um uh, yeah so uh i mean do we want to talk about the monkeys do we want to talk about the ants um I, uh they suck i mean they're cg <sighs> so like the great deaths in the history of this series right is the 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 face melting yeah from one the heart burning up when they burn the body up yep you know, and then the guy growing old in front of you. Incredible. Yeah. Practical effects that just still look great Stop today. Stop motion excellence, right? Like, they they can't be topped. And then you have the ants, which, so I think, again, none of these one things is that bad. 
right? Like, I could get over a, a good movie that had these weird ant scenes. Ah, roll my eyes at that. We move on. The rest of the movie's good. Great. Oh, they blew up a fridge. Oh, the rest of the movie's good. Great. None of one of these things is a problem. It's a, just a series of like, that sucked, that sucked, that sucked. <laughs> and it just keeps throwing things that you don't like. And the ants are among that. These, And it, and it would be another thing if it didn't look so bad. And now I could get called out for this, but I believe these ants are not scientifically correct in that they bite with their pincers. Ants do not do that. They have a stinger in their bottom, much like a bee does. Some, so, okay, That's, I'm going to call you out because uh, some ants okay, do. Because I, I, I did, of wrong. course, I went and researched it because I was like, these ants are bullshit. And I looked into it. There is a, a type of ant known as driver ants, and they have been known to attack and kill humans very rarely, but they do. And they have these big pinchers that they on their on their heads i guess you would call it i don't even yeah. know what ant parts are i guess it's their head um so yeah that that's okay they're not as big as what is shown you know in the film they don't overwhelm people uh the way they do and in they're, the film. they're not flesh eating you know yeah they don't <laughs> like, devour instantly but they have been known to to occasionally like the article that i read was like if you see these things run quickly in the other direction like this is not something that you want to mess with um because yeah, i i was looking at them i was thinking like a bullet ant you know and they sting from their their rears yeah right and i just i guess i just assumed oh well, ants must just sting from their rears why does the crystal skull repel the ants <laughs> magic like it gets what shit. happens it's so dumb what ha- okay Let's let's just take one second. Okay, we pivot away from the ants. We both acknowledge that they're stupid. <laughs> I'm done with the ants. I've said well, it sucked. Well, and the CG is bad, and that's a part of it. And when she squashes it, they explode in this juice. Yeah, they're that's bad. That's bad. It sucks. Yeah, uh, magnetism in this movie. Magnetism is ridiculous in this movie it is selective it magnetism. is selective it comes and it goes and it comes and it goes sometimes it works sometimes it magnetizes gold sometimes it doesn't <laughs> so sometimes it will it'll pull the lamps in one direction but only at certain points right right it only like only at certain points like the magnetism is completely forgotten for the entirety of the jeep and, scene right like yeah and magnetism doesn't affect like gravity would still be in play, but it's not with this magnetism because when they throw the, 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 the dust in the air, the gunpowder in the air, none of it comes back down. Yes. It's state, which would not happen. Uh, No, like, like I feel like the magnetism uh, is kind of, kind of a lost, uh, opportunity because they could have had so much fun with that magnetism during some yes. of those fight scenes, right? Like, oh, I'm holding the gun, but the gun keeps getting pulled off because it's going towards the skull. And, you know, like, all like, oh, the swords are... Her sword, sword goes and sticks to the car, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You could have had some classic Indiana fight nonsense, like the good stuff Yeah, in that moment. Yeah, absolutely. And instead they just ignore it until they get to the the final temple where they decide that it's a thing again all of a sudden, right? And it's just ridiculous absolutely ridiculous yeah i 
the more I'm talking to you, the more I'm hating on this movie. Like, <laughs> I really didn't like it, I was, Eric. I really didn't. I was coming I, I into mean, it fairly like, like oh, you it was fun. Texted me some. I was like, I we I texted him because this is what happened in the background. We were supposed to record yesterday. I'm like, shoot, I forgot to watch the movie. I was like, can we do it another day? I got to muster up the energy to sit through this crap again. And, uh, you know, I was, uh, I wanted to be like, okay, here we go. <laughs> Let's, this is better than I thought. No, it's not. It's worse. It's worse than I thought. Yeah. It, I think I enjoyed it more the first time. The pieces, the pieces just don't hold together very well, you know, and, and it just moves from one thing to the next. And in conjunction with each other, none of them, it's like a jigsaw puzzle that you can't really put together. And some of the pieces suck. You know, like, I don't know. I wonder, like you said, he almost maybe kind of Spielberg wipes his hands of this one by saying whatever George Lucas wants, that's what I gave him. I wonder how he feels like at the end of the day, if he looks back at this and goes, yeah, people are right. This is not good. You do have to wonder, like, I would assume, I don't know, like I, I used to be in bands, right? And and we wrote our own music and there were some songs at the time that we'd play them. And I'd just be like, God, I hate this goddamn song. God, I hate this, you know, but like, yeah, you own it because you made it. And you know, some of the more songs that people were more interested in were some of the ones that I hated the most. And so like, I would imagine that that dynamic plays out with any artist, right? Like, like, people who are painters have paintings that are less successful than others. And they're probably like that ah, goddamn thing. I worked on that for two months and it still sucks. I never got it right. Yeah. You know? So I would imagine that, that filmmakers have their favorites and ones that they just know didn't really work, you know? And, um, yeah. And, and Spielberg, he has hinted around about the fact that, you know, he's not overly fond of this film. But on the other side, he smacked the shit out of Shia LaBeouf for coming out in the press and talking how about how it sucked. But Shia LaBeouf talked about how it sucked while it was in the theaters, right? Like, (laughs) 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 you know, that's that's what got him smacked down so hard. Whereas Spielberg, you know, years later is like, ah, yeah, maybe not, you know. Um, But yeah, I would I would think that. You know, like you probably like, oh, there were some parts of that that kind of worked or parts of it kind of didn't. Like Harrison Ford, I think in this movie, he's still Indiana Jones, right? Like he shows up, he does the thing. He he talks like Indiana Jones. He looks like Indiana Jones. He feels like Indiana Jones. He's not half-assing it in this movie, right? Yeah. It's like when he comes back as Han Solo in Star Wars. It's like, oh, he is really bad. Like he's really doing it, you know? Like mm-hmm. he feels like Han Solo. And in this movie, he feels like, like Indiana Jones. So... Indiana Jones is not the problem with this film. It's everything else around it. So at the very least, they got that right, you know. Um I did want to talk briefly, just just one thing that I interested. There there was not a lot, you know, I like to go in and look at for themes and stuff that we can talk about and debate and bring it, you know, talk about how it is reflected in our current society and all there's not a ton of that in this movie so i don't have a lot of questions at the end or anything but one piece of this film that i like kind of rocked me back in my seat for a second and made me really be like oh shit 
was when Kate Blanchett's Soviet character is talking about Stalin's psychic program, right? Yeah. And she starts talking about how the idea behind this psychic program was that the Soviets want to subconsciously influence the Americans, right? And change their opinions and change the way they think about things and mess with their systems and slowly but surely turn them into turn turn you into us was what the idea was. And uh she's saying this and immediately my brain is like fucking troll farms, dude. Like this is a hundred percent what they are doing really, <laughs> really successfully. Like it's, yeah. it's not uh, psychic. They're not using psychic powers, but they are definitely using psychological warfare against the United States and our culture. And like, like we've left ourselves wide open to it with social media, right? Like we're just like throwing open doors left and right saying, come in and corrupt us, come in and change our minds. <laughs> and they're like, okay, I'm creating a thing. And my name is Jim and I'm from Montana and I'm going to tell you all about, you know, Barack Obama's Pizza birth Gate. certificate and, you know, like Pizza yeah. Gate and all this shit. And, uh, like that that part really kind of made me be like oh damn like a little a little foreshadowing for what our real future would look like 10 15 years on after this movie was released uh because the russians really did come after our culture and god damn yep. if they haven't been pulling it off with you know like as much as our i don't even know I don't, I don't even know if the United States has like leadership or cultural leaders or anything of like that, but like as much as we've tried to like, uh, point it out and be like, troll farms are here and they're influencing people. And da 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 da. Uh, so much of our culture is insulated into little pods. I don't even know if everybody is aware that this is even happening, you know, like, yeah. um, so yeah, like, like Kate Blanchett's psychic infiltration of the United States culture has definitely come to pass. And uh, I just thought it was a really interesting moment in the movie because uh, it it was a little like, give me the willies there for a second, you know? Yeah. That said, uh, Uh, the whole psychic thing was really weirdly implemented in this film. And uh, did she ever do anything psychic? I know she tried. No, she tried. She just went like this. And then she's like, like, and you can't see her hand out and then nothing happened. And then we moved on. And I really didn't understand how the skull was influencing Indy. Like, there's this whole thing where, like, they tie him to the chair and they put the skull in front of him and he's like, starts flipping out and so on. And and then he breaks what's-his-name's nose, Mac's nose. And so you don't really know, like, if he was really being influenced by the skull or if he was just faking so he could bring him in and, like, bash him with his head. And then later on in the film... Indy says, I have to return the skull. And they say, why? And he says, because it told me to. Right? And so it's like, well, did something happen there? Or what the hell is going on? Like, the whole psychic thing is real hinky and stupid and underdeveloped as well. Another shitty puzzle piece that doesn't fit in with the rest of the puzzle. Right. So um, I'm never going to watch this again. Yeah. That's my rating on the film. (laughs) I'm never going to sit through it again. It sucks. I think I'm never going to watch it again, too. 
My my only question to you, like we've talked a lot about how there's too many characters and so on. Mm-hmm. Do you think the final sequence would have been better had Indy gone into that final temple alone? It could have been. It could have been. But I'm trying to, like, he never does that, though. Like, even, well, he does in, in three, but eventually he's followed, and then the final sequence happens with other people there. Yeah. His his finales always tend to be with other people around. I guess. Um, I was thinking of like the beginning of, of Raiders. Team, like one of the strongest parts of Raiders is the beginning where he's going into the Inca Temple and he's got what's his name with him? Uh Doc Ock is with him. But it's mostly him going through bit by bit and figuring out the puzzles yeah. and moving forward. And then, and then the same thing with the end of Last Crusade. It's him figuring out, you know, the Pennington Man will pass and all of that. And this it just felt like they were moving from obstacle to obstacle. And swarming it like ants, you know, like oh, there's a loose brick. Everybody get bricks. You're gonna hit it with the brick, and fucking sand is gonna come out. You yeah, know? <laughs> none of these like. There's always been a sense of wonder around him exploring these things, and I never got that in this movie. No, yeah, me either. All right, I'm with you. This is a shit show. Um, yeah, it sucks balls. Um, yeah. And to answer your question about if he goes in alone, they'd have figured a way to screw it up. Yeah, they would have. It have been it would have been crap either way, um, so that's it for that. Now let let's renew our hope a little bit, okay? So now I've never seen our next movie. Uh, your band released two movies in 2011. Yes, yeah. The other one he released is uh, the Adventures of Tintin, right? No, that's what we're watching next, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you mean so? Did this was this also twenty? I don't know. You tell me what's going on. You got the hold on. I was you got the thing in front of you. Let me let me, let me let me just defer to you. I had the thing in front of me. Let me because I was moving on. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, no, because this was 08. So we had he releases two films in twenty eleven. Uh, so the first one he released, let me check these release dates. Cause last time I did this, I blew it big. We flip flopped them. Yeah. 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 So I, I am under the impression that the next film is the adventures of Tintin, which is his, uh, sole animated feature, right? Like he produced a lot of animation, but there was like the land before time. And this is oh. even the secret in him. I can't remember if he was involved in the secret in him. That kind of feels like, no, but, uh, this is uh, his only true animated film, correct? Uh, BFG is coming up. That, that's but not up animated. until this. That's point. not animated. That's like. Oh, okay. I haven't seen it. Yeah. So there you go. Now the reason I wanted to say uh, so this did come out first. This comes out in October, and then he releases our following film on Christmas Day of the same year. Uh, but the reason I want to say this is. Uh, I'm at least optimistic as we've spent so much time talking about how much we hated the script. Yes. Uh, the script in this film is written by Stephen Moffat and Edgar Wright. Oh. Uh, Steve, so Edgar Wright, you you know, and if you don't know, Stephen Moffat wrote the good Doctor Who seasons. Okay. Um, so I'm optimistic. The cast is unreal. Simon Pegg, the return of Daniel Craig, Nick Frost, uh, Andy Serkis, who, I mean, come on. Well, now that I'm looking at it, this is really white. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's no... <laughs> it's a really white cast. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, well... So, I, uh, I'm i excited for this. I saw it in the theater with my older boys, and they were 
kids at the time. Um, and we saw it in 3D, I think, at the IMAX. And I I remember enjoying it. And then I just never saw it again. And so I bought a 3D Blu-ray. Uh, and it'll be here on Wednesday. And I'm going to watch it by the time we record uh, in 3D on the on the big screen just to get the full just to get the full thing, and I can report I, I back really on the uh, on the 3D implementation of it and so on. So I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty jazzed to see it again. Honestly, I'm pretty excited. I'm hoping that it holds up uh, to to what my memory of it was. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it from the, the pedigree of the writing and the cast. Um, uh, you know, and after this last one, he's kind of set up to, to really give me something good. You know, my, <laughs> you know, when you watch one thing, you're like, God, that sucked. So my expectations get lowered a little and, and maybe he can blow me away and I have a new hidden gem to watch. That's right. That's right. So, and then after that, I'm thinking we do our, our bonus episode of Super 8 because Super 8 came out in 2011. That's perfect. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, okay, so Tintin, Super 8, and then what's the War Horse, right? Yeah, War Horse. Okay, yeah, let's do that. Which I don't want to watch a movie about a damn horse, but maybe it's good. It's not terrible. Well, I don't know. Let's, do you like any horse movies? Uh, I like The Black Stallion. That's a cool movie. That's a, I've never seen oh, that's it. That's a good one. Because it's a horse no, movie. No, no, it's all right. My favorite horse is Mr. Ed. I'm, uh, that's it. <laughs> the rest of these horses can suck one. I've never seen Seabiscuit. I don't care. But no, that's funny. Anyway, I'll set that up with negativity. And then if uh, you want to hear more from me, you can check out the movie Draft House and your favorite podcast app. You can also find Eric on Twitter, Eric score underscore hotter. His YouTube page is Eric Hotter. Uh, go to the gaming Actually, I think it's just gaming to check out uh, his gaming reviews and uh, Twitter. Twitter. Uh, my Twitter is at podcast by Jeff. You can check out the podcast Twitter at Spielberg Chrono. Uh, is that That's it? it? Are we yeah, done? yeah, we did it. We had Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, long dreaded, Whew. now behind us. Yes, thank God. <laughs> uh, okay, well, we'll see you next week. Uh, no, in two weeks for Adventures of 1010. Bye, y'all.